should probably start recording. Yeah, we're, this starting point, we're, we're starting to be pervs, and that's usually a sign. That's, that's a sign to start recording. This is going to be that, that kind of podcast where we always come in when we're like talking already and stuff. Although we've only had one episode and we didn't do that last episode. <laughs> I just uh, need to remember not to be personal and talk about things like people's jobs or their names. <laughs> yeah, or my job. Even though I do have a story about the sh- thing I shot yesterday, but... It's just, uh, I'll just go ahead and go into it. We had this shoot yesterday, and I'm not going to go into the specifics, but it was actually... One of those shoots where I didn't really care about it. Like I did, I, I like I went in. Oh, by the way, this is EgoCast. Oh yeah, hey, we should intro ourselves. I'm not Brit Ward. No, and I'm not uh, Andrew Gomez. Actually, funny story. Anyway, continue on with your story. Anyway, so we had this shoot, and I didn't really care about the subject matter of the shoot. And it was this um, issue commercial, one of those shock tactic commercials. I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> but uh, I didn't care for it, and it was just, I was just like, whatever. So I go in, and they already had people cast for the roles that I'm supposed to shoot and everything. Oddly enough, everybody they casted was really, really good at what they were doing. A rarity. Which in (laughs) turn made me go, okay, well, I'll put my effort into it. And that's why I was talking about how my last shoot was very Mm Seven-inspired and how I shot it because I shot it. Does anyone find their wife's head in a box? Uh, No. Okay, so... Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Seven. Oh, yeah. I just fucked you over. <laughs> Actually, is that really considered a spoiler? Because I remember watching this biography on Gwyneth Paltrow, and they were like, yeah, she, her character, her, Daniel, got decapitated. I guess it's been out long enough that if you haven't seen it, like, I don't know. Certain movies, I would say that certain movies that age well, um, or don't age well, you can kind of spoil them for everyone, because who cares? That movie did age well, though. It did. I was watching it on Blu- I, I got it on Blu-ray. My mom got it for me on Blu- Blu-ray over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So then it looks like sex. It looks really sexy. <laughs> Even though I just, I just harked to the, that scene whenever the dude's like, I, I, they, he forced me to fuck her! I, I, I had to fuck her! Uh, uh, uh. <coughs> oh, that scene is... I thought at first when you said it looked like sex, I thought you said six, and I'm like, is that the prequel? <laughs> Which is just a retarded thing to say. <coughs> anyway, your shoot, man. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so the shoot, yeah. So I ended up putting effort into it, even though I told Trish about it. I was like, this shoot is going to be stupid. I don't even think... I'm not even sure I'm going to put my my full force into it. I don't want to. She's like, you don't, have, you don't need to. I mean, you don't care about it, and you know they're already paying for it. And it's just going to be running They probably don't care about it. It was they, what you thought. Yeah, they probably <laughs> don't care about it. And then I inadvertently made it good. Like, somehow, I... Not to say I'm like the best thing ever, but somehow we I, are the best thing ever. Andrew. Don't don't sell yourself short. Okay, I am the best thing ever, and somehow even when I fuck up, I make gold. That's what I'm trying to say. I like it. I like it. Well, that's kind of you know part of directing actually. I remember going into No Exit, and I had to replace the cast like six or seven times. Um, but it turned out all right. You know, I did things like cutting out those huge, huge monologues of death. Because it's a, it's a play written by Jean-Paul Sartre, and I don't mean to get like super smarty pants on here, but uh, you know it's it's a philosophical play about existentialism, and so there's these long, long monologues. So I just cut them out and made flashbacks, <laughs> and it ended up being the most commercially viable version of No Exit ever. <laughs> Everyone's like, "This is good. I never heard of this. Where do I get it? Where, right, right. Where, where do, do I, I read this? this? And where it's I like, yeah, this is a very different story if you actually read it. <laughs> I was like reading Dracula after I watched Bram Stoker's The Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. Very different. Like, it's yeah. not different in that it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, well, just, I was expecting the beginning. Like, he's talking about how, you know, fucking impaling and shit. And, but then you watch, you read the book, and you're like, this is tame. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> it's all written in journal form? What the fuck? Spoiler alerts, I guess. No. No. Fuck that. 
Uh, yeah, that's one that it's you know public domain. You know what we need to do? Uh, oh wait, I I did actually read your uh, vampire play by the oh, way. What you, you mentioned think? I liked it a lot actually. That would be a fun fun play to do. Um, which I mean the audience is like okay, uh, but a vampire romance. And I actually wrote it during the right before the the Twilight phase took off. Which is really sad because I didn't. Know Man, about motherfucker! If you, <laughs> I didn't know about Twilight until like times out a little better <laughs> until the movie came out, and I was like, "What's this?" Oh, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I remember them showing flashes of the movie, and it was the way it was presented to me was like, "Yeah, that fucking guy from Harry Potter Four is going to be in it." And I was like, oh, "Okay," and I remember back then everyone loved him. Like yeah, me was too. In love with Robert Pattinson, and I thought, "Yeah, he's a good actor," and I've seen him in other things since, like you know. Uh, He's a good actor. He can be very good. At this point, having watched every single god awful Twilight movie, do you actually seen them all? I've seen them all so far. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, for the I do for the Void Zone too. I oh, did, yeah. I did the most okay, recent like, for the Void Zone. I, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, I shouldn't forget about Void Zone podcast. That's right. Uh, no, but uh, he just looks like he's purposely here to phone it in. Like he's almost making a joke out of it. Like I, I think all of them aren't at this I point. I would say that he and Kristen Stewart are. I would argue Taylor Lautner really cares. <laughs> like, Because he is, A, arguably the most least talented. I know people are like, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart. She's not the greatest, but she's been in. She's been okay in things. Adventureland, she was pretty decent at. Well, I think her acting style is very dry. And very specific, too. Yes. I don't think she has range. <laughs> no, but she's very, very dry. She's not bad. She's just dry. I mean, she yeah. would work for Adventureland and mm-hmm. slice-of-life movies where she's like, you know, whatever. When you build up that kind of nonchalance that she has and end with a smile from her, she has a very adorable smile when she actually bothers to show some teeth. She's cute. She is very cute. And uh, when she smiles, otherwise, like when she's got a mullet, sporting a mullet, <laughs> and just looks like she's been, I don't know, on heroin all day. Like that. I'm not, I'm not saying she's on heroin, oops. Uh, but, blech. But anyway, Robert Pattinson, I think he's actually pretty good. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just he just so happened to be in like this phenomenon, and now he's constantly like going to be a part of it. Kind of like yeah. um, who's another actor that kind of phoned it in that uh, he did a series, and he just sort of phoned it. I can't remember what his name is or what he did. It's Off topic, but uh, that guy, that guy. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. I was going to say uh, Daniel Radcliffe, but have you seen the Daniel Radcliffe? Uh, Saturday Night Live episode that came out a couple weeks ago. I almost never watch SNL. Okay, well, (laughs) he was on it, and I actually kind of fell in love with him just a little bit. Well, I I mean, I saw his penis because I watched footage, uh, illegal footage from that play he was in Equus or whatever. Ooh, I was like, yeah, man, he's a... He's got nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. <laughs> well, on Saturday Night Live, he, he can pull off an Wingardium American... Wingardium Leviosa, motherfucker. He, he can actually pull off an American accent really well. Yeah. And I was very surprised. I've seen him sing Broadway and stuff, too. He's he's a talented guy, you know. I, I think um, he really could have been stagnant, and I really hope he has a career. Uh, I'm usually not a horror fan, but uh, Woman in Black. Uh, oh, I want to see that. That looked good. That looked very good. Uh, I like... I'm with, like, Nick Michael on the Void Zone. He and I both have a fetish for uh, each other. No, 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 uh, for uh, Victorian horror. Because Victorian horror is cool. <laughs> and you can usually use Victorian horror as a, another way of saying gay sex. Well, that's true. <laughs> Nick's shot me down, though. I think he, he, he refuses. Um, I, I would videotape that and watch it over and over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jason hasn't shot me down. Oh, <laughs> Well, I have a DSLR. I can do it in slow motion. Oh, oh. <laughs> 60 frames a second of awesome. Delicious. Amazing. Um, 
That was a weird uh, point of entry for me going getting into film was understanding what slow motion was and what frames per second were and shutter speed and that they weren't the same thing. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, that's not... Why, is, why are we using similar numbers for things that are different? Um, and it was funny because like I'm using... We brought this up last episode. I'm using an XL1S um, and I don't have proper 24p. I have the pretend 24p that really for any audience, uh, average audience member who doesn't know what that is, they're not going to notice a difference. They're actually going to think it's the same. For people who've seen the difference or who understand the difference, it's very obvious. And it's hair pulling some, sometimes if you use yeah. it, if you don't use it in a ironic sense. Right. Um, if that makes any sense. You can shoot legitimate stuff on there. 28 but, Days Later being an example. Right. Uh, and it looks fine, um, but you've really got to play to the strength of that and you've got to make it part of your your tone and your storytelling method, unless you're making a comedy, in which case it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but, I think if, if you make a comedy with anything, as long as it's actually funny, yeah. I don't think people will matter. Well, even George is kind of talking about that. He's like, as long as your sound is good and your story is solid, people don't really care what it looks like. And there's some truth to that. Case in point, Clerks. I was going to say Flying Ryan. That's a bad example. Flying Ryan. Um, I would only know what that is because I watched Red Letter Media. Me I've never, I've never it. seen it, but I, by what I've seen, it looks horrible. Well, and then they were talking about how it's 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 a it's a it's a Corman production. Corman production. And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, I think Corman was just trying to try something new. It's Corman. Yeah. So the uh, guy, this is the guy that pretty much started New Hollywood. Yeah, we owe independent filmmakers owe him a lot. Him and Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd, oh god, Lloyd Kaufman. Yes, he he said it best. He was like, "Why are you just not making a movie? Who cares what camera you have?" <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I mean, that's how what's his butt, uh, the guy who did, um, is it Paul Anderson? Who did, not Paul W. Sanderson, but Paul Anderson, who did uh, Boogie Nights? No, yeah, Paul W. Anderson. But not W.S. Anderson. Not W.S. Because W.S. Anderson is a hack. I usually don't like that word, but he is a hack. Well, um, it's really funny. People will ask Paul W.S. Anderson what Magnolia was about, and he's like, I'm not that Paul Anderson. I'm the guy that did Universe, not Universe Soldier, um, Sol- Soldier. No, wait. Yeah, well, did he do Soldier? He did Soldier. I know he didn't do Universal. With uh, Kurt Russell? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a weird movie. Actually, it's probably my favorite Paul W.S. Anderson movie. <laughs> that's probably why he only uses that as an example. I mean, so, and then <laughs> someone will go back and IMDb and he goes, Oh, that's the fuck that did Mortal Kombat? Fuck that guy. I liked the first Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to lie. It's not a great movie. It's actually pretty bad. But for video game movies, well, it's one it, of the first right. ones. So you can't really... It's not... It's not the Mario Brothers with uh, Ooh, Bob Hoskins, Bob Hoskins to this day tells us that's his biggest regret in film <laughs> and uh, John Leguizamo and they did alright like I liked them in that movie just not that movie <laughs> uh, I just didn't like the fact that Dennis Hopper was King Koopa and I love Dennis Hopper I love Dennis Hopper beast, too but, but god damn it that was such a weird role for him even though he can well, play and why? Roles. why is yeah that, that blows my mind why is Super Mario Brothers in a dystopian city and not the mushroom fucking kingdom <laughs> I think they're like let's take it out there I, th- I don't know I, th- I think I think they had a hard time taking that story and turning it into the problem with Mario is why are you trying to do it live action kids make it an animated feature the problem is why are they trying to make it a movie it works as a side scroller yeah <laughs> I don't know, I, I actually liked the, and I know going back and watching it's pretty bad, the Super Mario Brothers cartoon was pretty terrible, but the Super Mario World cartoon, which is pretty much the same group of people, um, was a lot better, where they had like Yoshi and stuff like that. I don't know, it was an interesting series. Was it good? Mm, no. <laughs> but it's not terrible. Right, I, I, I think if you're going to do a Mario movie, it needs to be animated. Yeah, I have to agree too. Uh, it's just like, let's do a live action Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, that makes no sense. Why would we do that in today's society? Like... Back at, it's like doing a live-action Bomberman. 
why are we doing a Bomberman movie? <laughs> I mean, I'd see it out of sheer morbid curiosity. Maybe that, like, maybe video games need their depths plundered, like just like comics have had. Yeah. And apparently, fairy tales and mythology are about to have. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the side? Well, not side track, but like, have you? There's a trailer, mm -hmm. a fake trailer of uh, a gritty reboot of Pokemon. Yeah, have you I seen saw that, that one. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> it's oddly. I would see that movie. It's oddly attractive. Um. <laughs> Because it has the rocket twins shooting up people. And yeah. I think there was a rape scene part of one in that. I yeah, think. I don't know if Quentin Tarantino directed that. I'm not going to lie. I'd be intrigued. <laughs> as long as uh, Robert Rodriguez doesn't direct it. Oh! Uh, it, you know what's sad is because he's another one. He and Quentin Tarantino, of course, uh, indie fans owe a lot to them. Or the people who want to be in indie filmmaking because they kind of... They, they, they are rebels, number one. They constantly defy Hollywood, which I love. Um... And they really, you know, got started in ways that we're all trying to get started. And it's amazing. But then Robert Rodriguez decided he hated making good movies. Like, and I don't want to, I, should, I shouldn't blanket that because Sin City's great. Sin City's a fucking phenomenal movie. It's a, it looks, it's a good looking movie. It's a great looking movie. Um, it's got amazing style choices. The acting was so fucking much fun. Like, I, I, I love that movie. I, I hate Spy Kids. I liked the first one only because I saw it when it was aimed at me. Right, 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 right. And then after that, you're kind of like, what are you doing, Robert Rodriguez? Spy Kids 2 is pretty bad. And Spy Kids 3 was so offensive to me. <laughs> I didn't see Spy Kids 4. Um, I didn't see it, but I saw the part with... There's a moment where Jeremy Piven pops up, and he has like this altered, high-pitched voice. And I'm like, "What is that Jeremy Piven? <laughs> and what is it about Robert Rodriguez? He attracts, like... I guess he's friends with a lot of them, but Hollywood stars just flock to him. Because he's really, a, he make well... It's, maybe it's because he's like also a nice guy. <laughs> that could be it, too. But I, I feel bad, because if you listen to this, maybe he's like, oh, I like these two guys' movies, and he listens to this, and he's like, fuck you. Fuck those guys. He doesn't <laughs> like, he didn't like Spy Kids? Well, I think what he would say is, like, Spy Kids wasn't for you. <laughs> it was for my children. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I just thought of Tara Lautner and... Uh, Shark Boy oh, and Lava Girl. God. <laughs> That's a way of bringing it back to what we were talking about before. Um, no, but uh, I, th I think well, so his early films, earlier films like Desperado and mm -hmm. uh, From Dust Till Dawn, those were like the Great. cinema of cool. Yeah. Him and Quentin Tarantino were like the brothers of awesome. Oh, they know how to make very stylish, fun movies. Yeah, and they aim to adults. Even though they're kind of cartoonish in their in the, in the way they're unrealistic it. in a lot of okay, their yeah, presentation, but it didn't matter because it was a style choice. It wasn't like it wasn't like Tommy Wiseau backtracking and saying, "I made a comedy. I'm just kidding. It's a dark comedy because that's obviously what it is." It's these guys knew what they were making, had a specific vision, and their movies came out exactly like that, and it fucking worked. Yeah. And then Shark Boy and Lava Girl, or whatever it was called. Yeah, Shark Boy and Lava <laughs> Girl, which I guess it was made. Because his son did something? He's like, that's yeah. cool. Movie. Well, and, and I respect the way he shoots movies. He's very, let's shoot him as cheap as we can. Um, but I don't know. I Quentin Tarantino still does it for me. I mean, I didn't like... Uh, I, I was one of the few who didn't like... Uh, what the fuck's the name of that movie? Inglourious Bastards? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with you there. I mean, it's I like boring. it. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, there's it has suspense... Yeah, but it it it's kind of like him trying to be Pulp Fiction him, but set in World War Two, right? And it's like him 
expressing how godlike and amazing he is, too. I think he really acknowledges himself way too much in that movie. Well, you know he was gonna, originally going to play Brad Pitt's character, and then, really? especially when, right at the end, where he goes, this will be my master. And then it shows the... Dun, 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 yeah. I should stop it there. Sopa. Oh, right, right, right. Fuck! Sopa's going to censor us. Um, yeah, I, but then it's like I look back, I'm not a Reservoir Dogs fan, but I love Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, like I, I, th- I think my favorite is Pulp, yeah, Pulp Fiction. And, no, actually, my favorite out of all of them is Kill Bill. And I enjoyed Kill Bill. I'm not a big fan of Kill Bill too, but I love Kill Bill. Um, if for nothing else, the pretty much any scene with I'm not a fan of Lucy Liu, but I loved her scenes in that movie, and I loved how crazy she gets with that one, with at the board meeting or whatever. Because <laughs> that dude's head off. Yeah, that was a cool scene. Um, oh, I remember that. I remember well, the script I'm writing right now, I don't want to. Oh, I have mentioned the title on the other show, so I can't hear. The Springs. It's very much the an homage to Quentin Tarantino and a little bit to a lot of Korean kind of violent kung fu cinema. I don't know if there's a term for it, but Korean cinema has Korean a, cinema has a yeah. At this point, I, I guess because Hong Kong cinema was very non-violent, it just. It was just kung fu. Korean kung fu cinema is like gory as fuck. But it's ironic to make a movie that's an homage to Quentin Tarantino because the movies he makes are mm-hmm. in and themselves homages, homages to, to other genres. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like Inglorious Bastards is a, a genre. Mon- what was I trying to say? Uh, homage <laughs> to um, spaghetti westerns. Right, ironically enough. And, um, and now he's making a spaghetti western based, or it has the same title as the spaghetti western that inspired him for a lot of his stuff. Like the ear-cutting scene in uh, Reservoir Dogs comes straight from Django. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of badass, the original Django. Which I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by Django. I'm, I'm sad to I see that. I'm sad to see um, that Will Smith dropped out of it. Oh, he dropped been, out? Yeah. And that's sad, because I, I would have been curious. But I guess, uh, what's his name? Miami Vice, the movie, not the show. Uh, um, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, I guess, is taking on that role, which I is could, fine. He's a good I actor. I can see so. that, too, because he can bring in a level of intensity that I mm. don't think Will Smith can. I mean, he probably... Will Smith can, but you'll still be like... It's the it's in the morning. I'm born and raised. And play you'll well, be thinking that as he's like getting whipped, and you'll still be thinking he's still the kid from Bel Air. Yeah, I can't not think about Marky Mark when I see Mark Wahlberg. And that's not fair, because in, there are certain movies he's phenomenal in. <laughs> There's also movies he's not so good in. <laughs> I.e. Uh, the Happening. Oh my god. He was horrible in that, even though he was doing what Shyamalan wanted him to do. I don't think Shyamalan's a good actor-director, is what I'm coming he's to He's much more of a... He, I he's think a storyteller he, than he, more, more than anything. Yeah, I think he needs another person that can coach actors so they can do what he wants them to do. And then mm-hmm. He can just concentrate on doing his Hitchcock scene, uh, shots. Right. Him and Brian De Palma. How do we get to talking about movies? Uh, it's us. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is the podcast where we talk about dicks and vaginas and and, and, and there are dicks and vaginas in movies. Well, technically, well, yeah. Somebody I don't remember the name of the movie, but somebody's like, "Hey, this movie's streaming on Netflix. It's it's a gay lesbian type movie, and it's very artsy. I think you might like it." I was like, "Okay," um, and I'm watching it, and um, it wasn't very artsy or good. Because um, I've seen very good gay lesbian type fiction, and I, I I love I love the ones with heart, you know, where it's like, you know, here's our plight, here's what's going on in society. Those I like a lot. This one wasn't really that. It was, there was no conflict, and I remember thinking in the back of my head, at least I'm going to see some vagina action. At least there's going to be a makeout scene. I, I went instantly to male perv uh, heterosexual mentality, and there was none in that movie. There was a makeout scene, and I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. You're like, I wasted time on this. 
And the sad thing, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. I think it was just I had this expectation because every you know you see movies, everything from Chasing Amy to things like Boys Don't Cry to whatever, which isn't strict. Boys Don't Cry isn't strictly gay lesbian, but it's um, it's about a girl wanting to be a man. Right, a depressing movie, but um, but you know, but those are always very emotionally impactful. And this one had no emotion. It was like my big fat Greek wedding for lesbians, <laughs> where you know there was no conflict whatsoever. <laughs> You know, I actually kind of enjoyed uh, my big fat group. Playing. Oh, me too. But there's no conflict. There's no conflict. <laughs> well, it's just a bunch of stuff happens, I and think, then she's married. I, I think there should be actually a genre called the Odyssey genre, and if, so that they already exist. But it's a it's all it's slice a, of life. A little bit is that okay? Um, well, I think in a sense that okay. I was thinking about Forrest Gump. Okay. Because that movie has no conflict. I mean, there's stuff that happens. To right. him, but it's not like an overarching conflict. But so in that movie, each contained scene had its own conflict. I think. But it's kind of like an not Odyssey. every time though. Yeah, not every time because like during the war, obviously, I don't want to die. I don't want Bubba Gump to or Bubba Gump. It's the <laughs> company Bubba to die. Yeah. And I always make I always do that. Um, like an idiot who hasn't actually seen the movie. <laughs> and then, but then there's other scenes where he's just playing a lot of ping pong, and there's no real conflict. I, the only real moment of dramatic. Attention is when Lieutenant Dan's like, "Come down here, cause I can't walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come lay with me on the floor, cause I hate your guts." Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, go Forrest Gump. You stole right. everything from me. But I think there there should be a genre, its mm-hmm. own genre, like the the movie that that has no overarching main conflict, but does have a lot of individual things that happen. But it's like showing the whole span of a life of somebody. Right. Benjamin Button is another one. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have a major conflict. I mean, it's the conflict would be him aging backwards. But yeah, that's not really it's a kind conflict. of a gimmicky conflict, but it's also the setting. <laughs> that is the setting. Um, and then, well, you have the Odyssey, of course. Mm-hmm. The one that started the it one all. Started, I mean, I guess you can almost say, for a brother art thou, but that's based off the Odyssey, so I kind of... The Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh? Because uh, a lot of people associate it with being a flood story, but it's actually not just a flood story. Because the guy's buddy dies, and he goes on a journey to like find his soul in the afterworld or something. Nice. Um, I wrote a script, or I'm writing a script, kind of inspired by that, but it's not really the same. <laughs> but uh, very loosely inspired, I guess. But yeah, that, that's kind of an Odyssey film, too. Yeah, I think that, that, I think that should be a legitimate, like, it's an Odyssey film. Like, like you, It probably yeah. already is, so like film cinema nerd types are going to be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's called something else. Well, how about this? If it's called something else, email us. It's Film de Odyssey. <laughs> film de Odyssey. Uh, I, 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 I would you, consider Jean it. We're, uh, we're film nerds. Yeah. But there's nothing, there's some, some of the most annoying people on this planet are those high and mighty, high brow, or sort of fucked hard film nerds that just piss me right off. I hate them. The, com- <laughs> the convenience store. Uh, yeah, what Clark spoofs is a little bit, but yeah. worse. The kind that don't even have a job. Like, they're just on the internet being like, I, I, I don't mind that they have opinions. That's fine. I, I fucking don't give a shit because their opinion doesn't affect mine. It's when people are like, I hate this movie and you're wrong for liking it. I'm like, no. Subjectivity is allowed, kids. That's what's awesome about film. All about subjective. I, I, I love Laz Berman's Romeo and Juliet. Fucking no one else seems to. <laughs> well, except for like, you know, 13 year old girls. Right, right, right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems every generation of 13 year old girls still loves that movie. But I enjoyed it. I, I'm a Romeo. I'm a Shakespeare guy, though. I love Shakespeare. Yeah. I mean, like, just this. I have, I'm having real bad insomnia problems lately. Uh, usually associated with my children go back to their mother because I'm a fucking pansy like that. Um, but I, I was watching. I couldn't sleep last night, so I was watching. Uh, Franco Zaffarelli's version, and I still love that version. Oh, I mean, the one with what's her name and the boobs. Yeah, I grew up with the biggest crush on her. I was in love with her, not like 
her as she is now, but in that movie. <laughs> I can see that. That's kind of how I was. beautiful. That's kind of like how I was back in the day when I saw um, The Addams Family, and I had the biggest crush on Christina, Christina Ricci, Ricci at the time. Right. Well, I still kind of do, but now that's less... Now that you've seen her boobs a lot. And I don't really see... I've actually never seen her boobs. Have you not seen Black Snake Mode? Not yet. Oh, dude, you're going to like that film. <laughs> well, she's kind of gotten weird and hurt. Well, her yeah, in Pro- Prozac Nation or whatever that one was that she's in, that's when she didn't have the tattoo on her boobs, and so you just see the nice, like, Christina Ritchie natural boobs. You're like, oh, it's very delightful. Which I noticed when she was really started getting boobs was like when she was in Casper. Yeah. That's when they were like, there they are. And that's when you're like, what's the sensation down below? No. <laughs> Why am I tilting forward? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Romeo and Juliet, my favorite scene in that has always been the last line of the prince when he's like, all are punished, but the guy who fucking does it in the Franco Zeffirelli version is so badass. That's, um, I, uh, that was a guy who used to own a shop around this area. Um, not who you're thinking of immediately off the top of your head, but it was a guy, I can't name the shop, but it was named after a Monopoly move that was an Aztec. Oh, um, right. And he's a fuckhole. I hate him. He's a fuckhole. Okay. Idiot, socialist, piece of shit. I hate that guy. Um... And he was one of those people who can't stand the fucking things that people like. He's one of those... Because at this point in society, everyone's a goddamn fucking hipster. Everyone wants to have some contrary opinion so they could be different. I'm so tired of it. Who gives a shit? If you like it, you like it. But this guy is one of those people who can't stand the fact that people still buy into Shakespeare. Well, fuck you, motherfucker. But he was big on... Shakespeare was uh, just the soap opera guy of his time. And I'm like, no, the fuck he wasn't. Hey, that's not a good comparison because there's no comparison. There's no compar- You can't compare yourself to Shakespeare. That's so pretentious. And you know, Yeah, and he basically was saying, well, like, he's just soap opera. It was just a typical drama and he ripped off mythology. Well, he did inspire from mythology quite a bit. That was, that's fine. Romeo and Juliet is directly inspired by, I can't remember the name of the, the myth, but uh, it, it was two characters in Greek myth. But the fact that that's, like, all of his plays had such a depth of character that Mercutio, for example, my, my favorite character in Romeo and Juliet. Not because he's the comic relief, because that's that's selling it too short. He's comic relief that's deep. <laughs> like He's also kind of a prima donna. He's also kind of sensitive. And it's all written into the dialogue. And, like, I'm sorry, that soap operas don't have that. <laughs> no, they're just like... Right. Slap. It's like, how is that trashy? How is... people? Maybe people are tired because Romeo and Juliet became the biggest, but Romeo and Juliet became the most known play of his... For a reason. Because <laughs> it's good. Right. Like, ah. I'm not saying everyone has to do Shakespeare all the time. That's fine. Don't. But as just literature, Franco Zeffirelli, as far as I'm concerned, nailed it. There's no way to get better. For, from my perspective, there's no way to do Shakespeare, to do Romeo and Juliet specifically He also, he also did the Mel Gibson Hamlet. I believe so, yes. Which was, was, was pretty good, good, too. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a Shakespeare guy. I love me some Shakespeare. Um, well, I just love just... I mean, granted, like, Shakespeare... Depending on your mental capacity nowadays, yeah, <laughs> maybe it doesn't quite translate to some people. Yeah, but if you can understand the basic grasp, grasp of it, he puts so. Well, that's much why into everyone it. should watch the Zeffirelli version of Romeo and Juliet because it's so easy to understand. Now, I, even the Hamlet too. But. Yeah, yeah, um, because he really had a good vision, and the actors really brought their emotion to it, where it's really viable, believable emotion. And I don't know, I fucking eat that shit right up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I still need to. See, I, I would like to see that. Shakespeare. I haven't seen that one. I did see the Baz Luhrmann though. <laughs> the, the DiCaprio one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I, oh, happy knife or whatever the line is love, that she's holding up the gun. And say that you love. Yeah. Me. <laughs> oh, oh Sopa. fuck, Sopa. <laughs> <laughs> we got Sopa. Fuck. Yeah. God damn it. 
Um, oh, that was the one thing I want to talk about, but I'm in a good mood, so I don't want to talk about it yet. Right. Well, and it's dead, essentially. It's not no, done. No, it's not, no, it's but, not done. But SOPA itself, in its current form, is dead. They're going to rewrite and call something else. Oh, sure. Uh, luckily, what this did was it caused the internet to be like, oh, I guess we're paying attention to every move you ever do again, Congress. <laughs> good call. Good call, Congress. The next thing uh, to worry about, and this will affect more of the foreign countries. Uh, foreign countries. Acta, correct. But Which Poland Poland signed it Thursday. Mm-hmm. We've signed it a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'll see it go the wayside too, um, because uh, anonymous is very much abroad, and unfortunately, anonymous can sometimes illegitimize an issue because they're kind of goofy. But sometimes they do good things. <laughs> Which I like that picture that someone found was this guy that's tied up to a chair and he has like an American flag and on him, like with a piece of. Uh, uh, scotch tape, not scotch tape, like like uh, duct tape on duct his tape. mouth. Then it says SOPA, <laughs> and then uh, anonymous. The guy in the guy fox mask comes and you know, cuts him down, cuts him uh, out of out of the chair. Mm. We're here to help. Well, I do was, wish I do wish they would switch from guy fox masks. So some kind of yeah, that's kind of a weird mask. Considering he was the one who's trying to destroy par- Parliament, so the Catholic Church can come in and rule England. Right. But uh, yeah, well, you gotta. You have a symbol for something. Like, I mean, uh, like that, that graphic novel, V for Vendetta, used it to be ironic. Um, I'm not a fan, though, of that story. Well, what about Alan Moore in general? I kind of hate him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've read interviews, and I'm like, you are really full of yourself, sir. You, you make comics. <laughs> you need to calm down. I don't know. Like, he obviously is very good at what he does, because everything he's done has been gold. Yes. Um, and he's renowned and loved by the comic book community and and actually by and large by an extended community. The fact that Watchmen, what was, wasn't it a Hugo Award winner? Um, that's pretty fucking impressive. Um, Nick would argue to the contrary because he would say something like Goblet of Fire was a Hugo Award winner and I hate Harry Potter, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Nick's a hipster. <laughs> he would kill me. <laughs> if he hears that, he's going to be like, fuck you. Okay, Nick's not a hipster. Boom. But Right, right. It's a... Backhand, but um, yeah, that was backhand. For, for I don't know why I mix sound effects to to try to drive back. This is the morning. We did this joke last time. <laughs> this is the morning show with Anyways, yeah. continue. Um, <laughs> I kind of want them to just like troll masks from here on out, just a troll face. I yeah, think that, that, would uh, that would be a much better symbol because funny and kind of works because well, well, <laughs> that's what they I'm, do. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Warner Brother cra- hasn't cracked down on them for using the Guy Fox mask. Yeah, or even DC Vertigo. Eh, whatever. Which I guess they're owned by Time Warner. Yeah, all one big conglomerate. Yeah, the crack. I'm like, why are you using our masks? I have a message on Twitter. You do have a message. I'm on gonna Twitter. look because it might be. Nope, it's somebody just retweeting something with my name in it. Weird. Yeah. But uh, I mentioned to you the other day online that I have this passionate dislike of conspiracy theories. Yes. Hey, how do you like Nostradamus? Tell me what you think about Nostradamus. Nostradamus is a genius. I mean, he's a fucking genius. It's everybody around him that... He's retarded. Thank you. (laughs) Nostradamus said, I want people to remember me. How do I do that? Let's make vague yet oddly specific predictions. What we'll do is we'll include random things in them. Just things I see. Basically poetry. And anyone can read anything into it. And on one level, I love Nostradamus. Because that's kind of fucking epic. On another level, it makes me hate everything. He's, histo- he's the OG troll. Yeah, he trolled the <laughs> world, and it worked. 
I still hear, I run into people constantly, and I have weird luck. I always run into light nutters, like people who are like, the government brought down the buildings in 9-11. I'm like, no, they didn't, because they, they always throw shit out like, well, you steel doesn't melt at that temperature. Yes, it does. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, okay, continue, because I, I don't, well, I don't, fuck it. Um, they're like, some people would be like, well, what happened to Building 7? It just collapsed. Nothing fell into it. Well, <laughs> The problem is that they, they argue things like the buildings fell straight down, which is obviously a time demolition. I'm like, have you seen the footage? They don't fall straight down, and they don't fall all at once. It's sequence. <laughs> and um, bu giant buildings falling down, that causes seismic activity, which is why so many other buildings are having problems. <laughs> uh, no, I... Ugh, like, I'm sorry, nothing... Ugh. Anyway, Nostradamus. I want to... There's a guy, I, I've been watching this show, a Nat Geo show on Netflix. We were just talking about it before we started recording. Yeah, the, the, is it real? Is it and real? It, it's a good show, because it's a skeptic show, so of course I love it, because <laughs> I'm a skeptic. Um, this guy, basically, I don't remember the specific wording of the quatrain, but it's uh, in the year 19, uh, 1999, in the seventh month, the 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 king of terror from will rain from the sky and the, the 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 twin rocks or something will fall or some horse shit like that so of course people are like oh well we use the gregorian calendar now and in the seventh month in the julian calendar was september and if you if you do a sort of numerical anagram with 1999 it's it's 9 11 you know one and it's like you see what you did there though Nostradamus didn't write any of that. You changed it to you, fit. You, you fit. You you played into it. He you, trolled you. Yeah, and that they like. I, I watched the show, and the guy. There's a guy talking about that in the show, about that. He's like, and he's like the president of the Nostradamus suck, Dick Sucker's <laughs> fucking foundation or whatever the fuck it's called. And he's like, uh, at some point in the show, because they always, I love the show because they don't, they do all of the believers for like the first 75% of the show. And then the last 25% of the show, they let the, the skeptics just tear it, uh, tear, tear all these beliefs a new asshole. Just tear them apart. And they go back to that guy and he's like, well, anyone who says that this is me doing something that they, they don't believe, that's just a lame excuse. And he uses the word lame like 14 times within a two minute span. Just like, that's his only argument. It's just lame. It's, it's, it's totally like, lame. It's like someone saying, shut up. <laughs> Right, Shut that up. they've they've lost the argument. Shut up. They instinctively know they've lost the argument, so they go into fight or flight mode. <laughs> and they're well, in a corner, and they're just like, "You're lame. You're lame. You don't know anything about anything because you you don't believe." Yeah, you don't well, have faith. I'm a president <laughs> of a fucking dick suckers foundation. Um, oh, oh, you meant to say Congress, right? Oh well, that's that's especially different because there's a lot of sixty nine ing going on. In Congress. Oh yes, you pet my back, I'll pet yours, so to speak. Uh, not scratching, just petting. Petting. <laughs> a lot of heavy petting. <laughs> a lot of heavy petting. Hey, so, hey, let's be topical. What do you think of the State of the Union, since it encompasses all <laughs> of the politics, not just one against the other? Confession, I didn't watch it. Okay. I played World of Warcraft instead. Fair enough. I caught the last ten minutes. Actually, I saw his bomb joke. Oh, God. <laughs> that everyone's been like, President Obama's an idiot because of this. I, I, I did catch the rough summaries, summaries, and I read it from a couple of different sites so I could see kind of the gist of it. Because if I just take it from one, it'll be weighted one way or the other, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm a libertarian, so I'm fucked regardless. <laughs> so you're voting for Johnson? For, uh, Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Yeah. Not, not Johnson? Johnson's pretty much... I mean, he's running third party at this point. Um, and if I felt like he had a better candidacy, I would totally vote for him. The problem with... Like, Ron Paul, for example, at this point... Um, there are, and this is so weird, both sides of the media are trying to paint him up as something he isn't. 
like there is this sort of a racist things that he, quote unquote he wrote and he didn't actually nobody knows who wrote them um, it was a series of articles that were published that were very racist, um, defending people like Mark Schott, who used to own the Cincinnati Reds, that racist Nazi bitch, who should die. Uh, I think she's dead, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yay, justice. No, um, that's totally terrible. Um, karma. Not justice, karma. Like, Ron Paul has a weird reputation, because a lot of people don't know him, and so they're kind of inventing reputations. I've seen people say he's homophobic, well, he's not, actually. He he's never, gay he's never said anything about... Yeah, he supports gay marriage. In fact, I think he's going towards what everyone's been... Everyone's concerned. He's been like, I'm for that. Right. I think what his stick is right now, he's playing a little conservative, but he's kind of inventing a new conservative movement where he's like, I'm a true conservative because I don't believe in retarded things. <laughs> like, and I'm fine with that. He needs to paint it up however he can to win the, the, the retarded GOP uh, right-winger nutter morons. He's trying to paint himself as a constitutionalist, basically. He's probably more libertarian, I would say. Yeah, but, I would say that too. I, but, I'm a huge supporter of his. I read his stuff on... His platform on his uh, website, mm-hmm. I was like, he seemed good. Well, he covers my bases, lower taxes, uh, anti-war, and uh, supports gay marriage. Cool, I'm good. <laughs> we are friends, sir, and that's that, that's what I care that's about. That's why I'm not so crazy about Mitt Romney. Oh, well, fucking... Well, I remember, well <sighs> I remember there was a huge fight about him not releasing his taxes. Who we gives a we... shit about his taxes? What is everyone not paying attention to the fact that he's wanting to do all this... Crazy shit. Yeah, that I can't point out right now, but you know. The, what, what frustrates me um, is the GOP is supposed to be about smaller government, but they're not. Like I am a small government guy because I'm a libertarian. Uh, but unfortunately, when I say small government, instantly people's brains go to Hick or you know, like uh, I hate the government militia type. No, no, no. no. There's actually a, a sorry contrary to uh, what. CNN likes to say there is actually a valid small government mentality and it's very intellectual uh, but we don't get to see that side of that argument because people hate fucking libertarians no, <laughs> like, cause people because it's not interesting enough. it's, it's too true in, it's too intellectual they can't like it's not it's not snappy politics yes. I, there I can't I can't pull an Adam and Eve Adam and Steve type one-liner to match it, um, it, okay, it this is where I, I struggle with Obama too and maybe it's not his fault when before he got elected, when Bush was still in office, we had protests, war protests, right up until he was out of office. Now, Obama's big campaign platform was specifically day one trip withdrawal. Um, no excuses, his words, no excuses, troop withdrawal. Those protests evaporated the minute he took office. There are still some small pockets of very principled people who were protesting the war. But they, by and large, those protests went away, and we were not withdrawing. In fact, we st- decided to stay longer. <laughs> we we stayed right up until a little bit recently. After yeah, we're actually Bush's, yeah uh, exit strategy. Yeah, um, so really, all he did was the exact same thing, and that frustrated. Like we got really political. First episode, we were like, we're not going to go political. We're not going to get gonna... political. We're just going to talk about dicks. Now we're like, well, fuck dicks. We're going to be political. Yeah, um, it sounds interesting. really I'm, bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I I don't know. Well, I just, Ron Paul's not going to win, unfortunately. No, I would love him to because I, I, he he he. he sound, I I, actually, I honestly feel that he is speaking for my needs. Yes. Which is. In other words, he doesn't want to interrupt your needs. Yes. <laughs> it's not his business. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Whereas the crazy, Ron, uh, not Ron Paul, um, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is like. Newt what? Gingrich, fuck. <laughs> okay, well, I think I I do I do kind of have to com- no, I'm not going to say commend, but I do have to. Be like that was an interesting way of defending yourself. 
Newt Gingrich when yeah. they pulled out his whole marriage thing, and he's just like, "We're talking about politics, not my sex life," which is it's a summary of what well, he said. He he could I, yeah I was gonna say if he weren't Republican he could play that card because Bill Clinton did <laughs> unfortunately because Republicans are generally more uh, religious mm. yeah. they don't get to play that card no <laughs> um, but I think Melanie's home Melanie you are home with shadow boxes or a shelf thingy a shelf thingy what are you holding these are for your sister for Ailey oh okay. I had something to hand you, and I don't remember what it was, so maybe I didn't. And this is baby me. Is that little Melanie? <laughs> like, you looked a little psychotic. Like, you had devious plans. You were like, when I get older, there will be, there will be blood. <laughs> there will be blood. No. Speaking of there will be blood, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> that was a segue for the, for the ages, sir. There we go, yeah. Um, actually, I don't have nothing on Miley Cyrus, except for the fact that, uh, I don't know, she's kind of gotten, I, I wouldn't mind, like, sticking my nose in her, like, vagina. I was about to ask that. Wow, you beat me to it. I was like, to get back to more ego cast roots, um, or roots, we've one episode. Oh. Um, <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, would you, well, you kind of already said you would, uh, stick your nose in her vagina. I would stick my nose in her vagina. I mean, maybe more if she'd let me. I wouldn't try to stick my head in it, but... Um, I don't know. I, I, I might play around. I would want to smell first, though. I know that's a weird thing to say, though, because part of me is worried that she's, like... Dirty? Right, that she's gone stoner mode, which doesn't equal dirty, because I, I, we're good friends with Krista Robbins, um, who's a fucking awesome lady. And uh, she's a stoner in so much as she's, well, medical marijuana. But, uh, fuck, you know, you know me, I'm... Legalized, because it's a retar- if Alcohol's legal. There's no fucking Ron, reason. Hey, Ron Paul's for medical weed, and no, actually, he's for legalization. Legalization. <laughs> um, that's a big platform of mine too, because uh, by drug war. Congratulations, yeah. drug crime, gone. <laughs> hey, you know that thirty-five billion dollars we spent on avoiding drugs? Yeah. Guess what we can use that for? Schools. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> you know how you know our failing school system that seems to be neglected, but we're still mad at our teachers because no one's teaching them because they're being overworked and underpaid. We could have used that. Yeah. So Miley uh, Cyrus's vagina is. Uh, I'm worried it's stanky though. You would worry about that? I'm a little concerned. Like I'd I'd meet her, and I think if we were say we're on the level we're now, okay, and we meet her. And even if it is, and to be fair, she probably isn't. She's rich, so she can afford to bathe well. I was about to say, she can afford to, like... Um, human servants bathing her. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, I don't know if she's human cattle rich I'm pretty yet, sure she has, like, in her phone book, like, a vaginal a wedgie. Yeah. A, a fucking white person. Because I, I do think Billy Ray Cyrus is stinky, but I think at this point she's maybe distanced herself a little from him. I am Because he's, he's a little creepy. He is Because <laughs> he was pimping out Miley when she was like, what, six or seven? Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to be here for this photo shoot where you're naked. Hey, <laughs> let's say... Does like, someone smell pedophilia? And, and not in the worst kind. <laughs> Does someone smell incest? My daughter turned 16 or 17, right? Okay. <clears throat> to, uh, you know, when that happens. And let's say we made it film-wise. We're, we're doing all right for ourselves. It didn't have to be super celebrity status. Because all he had was a breaky heart. So let's say like... And a we, mullet. And a mullet. Let's say like, you know, we've, we've pumped out a few kind of 
uh, indie fringe movies that have their own cult movement, let's say, which is probably our destiny. So, anyway. so we're at the Kevin Smith level. Right, right. We're doing Kevin Smith well, which is fine by me. That's great for me. I'd be like, I'm set for life. Uh, yeah, that, I wouldn't have any complaints. I don't need to be Chris Nolan. Um, that'd be nice too. But that's that would be much, nice. That's too much stress. Or James Cameron. I don't want to be. James no, I wouldn't Cameron. mind. Be, I, I wouldn't mind be Steven he, Spielberg. Human Cattle Rich, which would be fun, but I don't have to be. Anyway, my daughter, she wants a career. Great. Great. I'm gonna support her. A, let's say that somehow some fucking asshole hit me in the head with a frying pan and I was an idiot enough to say, yeah, go ahead and do a naked photo shoot. Because the Wait, reality is she, I would say no. I would. She did a naked photo shoot? Well, it was for a magazine. And was it the whole, whole back thing? Like, yeah. Like, okay, I remember that That's one. still too much for me. Like, as a father, I'd be like, no. <laughs> no. No, you don't get to do any sex images. Once you turn 18 and make decisions for yourself, you get to. I may hate it because I'm a father, but that's when you get to go, fuck you, Dad, I do what I want. Um, but until that point, no. But let's say for whatever reason, I went in retard mode and was like, yeah, go ahead, daughter. Um, I wouldn't be there for it. I don't want to see it. I never want to see that. My sister, Jessie, is a very proactive, very liberal kind of hippie. She goes to a lot of protests and stuff, and she went to one where people were just in their underwear. That sucked for me because Facebook was filled with those photos, and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck, nasty? And I barely know that sister. Like, I've met her, and she's a cool person. I've hung out with she and the other Ward siblings, uh, my, 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 my half-sister, my half-siblings on my father's side. Um, they're cool people, but ew. You Even not barely knowing them, ew. <laughs> and I've had a lot of my friends say that they're, my, my sisters on that side are very attractive. Not to say that they haven't said that about my other sisters. In other words, fucking gross. You're I can like, never view them that way. And my daughter... Especially not, your daughter, your own blood. And not even that. It goes a, to a different level with that. Do you have, it, I don't want other people to look at her that way. I don't care how beautiful she is. And my little girl is very beautiful. She's, a, she's cute. She's a cutie. But anybody goes near my daughter, I'm like, fuck you. Don't even look. Don't look at that. I would buy up every copy of that magazine and burn it. <laughs> and then I would slit the throats of every little 14-year-old piece of shit who was masturbating to it. <laughs> I'd be like, you're dead now, You're killing an entire generation right there. Don't care. <laughs> don't look at my naked daughter. <laughs> Billy Ray side. Cyrus, you were fucked up. I'm sorry, people can spin that however they want. But well, they kind of have to be fucked up if you're going to be public and have a mullet at the same time. And not <laughs> even, but not even in an ironic, like, look at me, I'm a hit type thing. But he was generally serious about his mullet. Yeah, I guess Kristen Stewart was doing the hipster thing, but she's kind of like the dark-sided hipsters, the dirty hipsters. So uh, see, I wouldn't be surprised if she was a little stanky, too. <laughs> dum, da, dum, oh, my dum, God, dum, antacids. They're actually uh, the oh, generic people, kind. The, the equate? Right. We're not. They're not paying us to say that. Yeah, so that's free not. advertising, fuckers. Yeah. God damn it. But uh, <laughs> Tums and Equate got free advertising yeah, from us. I, I do like Tums. I have some. I don't have any Tums actually anymore. But, but we can. Oh, I, but I use the theme. So. so oh yeah, good. my Tums are over there. My mint fresh Tums. These are the fruit ones, which means I won't be eating them in and around food. <laughs> the mint ones you can eat around anything because mint makes everything better, but uh, fruit does not. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, we're ruining your TV watching, Melanie. I'm sorry. I was like, what TV? Well, if you were gonna, I thought you were gonna watch TV or something. Oh. And then, okay. Well, you know what? I just. Oh uh, well, fair enough. You get a bigger TV recently? Yes. Um, actually, she inherited it, so it wasn't a cool how we got it. it was sad, but because um, of the grandmother. But oh, um, oh. But you know. Melanie is like, well, we'll put it to you, silly. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's yeah. We've been watching things with out straining our eyes now, which is nice. Um, I, like, I just haven't noticed. Like, wait a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> I can see this from here. 
yeah. <laughs> the TV's growing up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, when my kids get back, they're gonna their minds are gonna be blown, which will be nice. <laughs> my son, uh, big Thomas the Train fan, so that's, I love Thomas the Train. I would fucking do horrible things, which is completely not in the spirit of Thomas, to narrate an episode of that. I would just love to fucking narrate. I, I you would you would exhume the corpse of uh, of uh, George Carlin. And, I and bring do it, it to the producers and be like, I will burn this if you don't put me on Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, A, we've already called the cops, <laughs> you creepy fuck. <laughs> One, we have security on the way up. Cops are coming. And the answer is no. no. <laughs> and we're going to take your phone. You're also probably going to face litigation from, you know, Carlin's surviving family. <laughs> Just to let you know, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and we've kind of go ahead and ban you from the building. Right, yeah. I, I would love that. I think that would be, like, the coolest thing on the planet. I want to hit any kind of celebrity status, because I will be like, you don't have to pay me. I don't want money. I just want to do this for my son. I think that would be the coolest thing in the history I of I think it, your son's head would explode, because he'd be like, is that dead? I think he'd just be like, cool, Thomas. I think he'd be like, cool. Then, <laughs> Another think, Thomas thing. No, I think you know, the, the, the head exploding thing would come, like, in the teenage years. You did an episode of Thomas? <laughs> when were you going to tell me this? I... I didn't think it was relevant. You were sitting there watching it. You were enjoying it. You didn't hear my voice. Or he'll be like really uh, angsty and he'll be like, I don't give a shit, Dad, Thomas. I don't think I ever liked Thomas. Like, you did when you were a kid. He's like, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. You were when you were a kid. You Will you leave kid. my room, Dad? <laughs> I'm in my room, Dad. I'm choking here. Though I, I doubt my kids will be... They'll probably have emotion. Of course, I'll have emotions because it's impossible yep. not to You don't teenager. think they'll be as angsty? I don't think they'll be as angsty as their mother and me. Maybe... I don't know because... We're very permissive compared to our respective parents. I've noticed. My mom, like, I'm a, I, I, I think it's just the kind of how the world works. I think they'll be kind of more book smart type kids. I really think that Do they'll be. Do you think be, they'd be a little more conservative? Probably. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean like politically conservative, but yeah, I think they'd be more withdrawn than their parents. I don't know though. You know, you never know. But um, just you know, I was described as a child when I was very young. Uh, I was described as being very mellow. Um, and I'm not that now. Oh, I'm still <laughs> kind of mellow now. But yeah, you you were definitely the more mellow of the two of us. I'm very like, what? And I'm just like, whatever. Because <laughs> early on, I thought, you know, when we started hanging out, our friendship formed based on Mr. Z and his wife's sort of things coming to... Mike 1 fold. and Mike 2. Mike 1 and Mike 2. Um, uh, you know, I thought... Maybe we are kind of like Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher, but that's a bad comparison because a we're another we're really not like either of them. No, we have similar sim, similar sense of senses of humor to them, but we're more. Uh, there's no good comparison. We're Britain, Andrew. Or yeah, Andrew, Brit, to be we're alphabetical. Brit. <laughs> yeah, Britain, uh, Andrew, and Brit. Um, Britain, I don't care. Oh yeah, Britain, I, I, Gomez. The Gomes and the Ward. The Ward doesn't work as well because then it makes me sound like I'm your like sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> Gomez and the Ward. Right. Well, like the the. One of the characters in the Attack of the Giant Mosquitoes on Lizard Island, we have the main character, Brad. Um, Brad Majors. Uh, we had him named Brad Paisley, actually, until it was pointed out to us that that's a country singer. Oh. <laughs> and we were like, damn. <laughs> damn you, country, you're fucking with us again. Um, but we had the kid sidekick. Um, and his name, we didn't give him a name. It's just, he's just the ward. The ward. <laughs> and that made me giggle. But... Um, Actually, usually that that kid's sidekick in the movies often has an animal sidekick of some kind, like a monkey or something. We chose to give him a sock monkey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, this has been a cleaner episode than usual. Yeah. Um, well, but we're more organized. Well, we're more as to what this episode, this show should be. Our first episode, I think we were a little, kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little more comfortable now. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, I've been doing this for 
almost a year now, not quite a year. Almost. This well, summer you've done it. You have more experience than I do. Right. Um, I mean, but it's podcasting. It's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> but you've, the fact that you've done it more, though. Yeah. You know, uh, the routine. Yeah. yeah. Well, this I like this because there's no format. Um, and there, I don't know if there ever should be. Like, we'll have maybe segments at some point, but it'll never be consistent. It'll just be based on when we have the material to fill a segment. Yeah, which we had enough material this time because, yeah. Right. Well, there was a lot of things that happened in the past couple of months between the first episode and this episode that we had a lot to talk about. My hatred of fucking conspiracy theories. Nostradamus netters just pissed me off. Actually, um... Conspiracy theorists? Van Donegan, you know who that is? The guy who wrote Chariot of the Gods? Oh, yeah, that guy. That fucking tool. Um, he's not a tool, though, but the guy who's now a meme, his understudy, or his... Oh, his, the, the, the... The crazy... The guy it's with the al- hair. Yeah, it's the aliens. Um, it could have been aliens that came over here. He's, he's literally Van Donegan's protege. Like, that's... And, and Jason and I were talking about it. Woolrich and I were talking about it the other day. And he was like, yeah, you know what that guy's major is? And I was like, I have no idea. He's like, he's got a, he's got a degree in sports journalism. <laughs> 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 I was like, holy fuck. So nothing to do with aliens. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like at least the guy that wrote uh, "Gods of the, Wait Fire of the Chariots." What was it called again? Chariots of Chariots of the Gods. Chariots of the Gods. That's okay. Van Donegan. Okay, the guy who wrote it was kind of studying that. Right. Stuff. Well, he ripped off H.P. Lovecraft. He That's took a, a fictional universe and went here. Look, it's real. Take this out. And I don't think it was a scam. Like, I don't think he's a charlatan. I think he I mean, literally believed it. He was reading this fiction and he fell in love with it, like many of us did. I loved H.P. Lovecraft as a child, which is kind of creepy. No, I like it. But, H- but like it explains our, our, our writing style today, I yeah. guess. Um, but I think he fell in love with it and kind of ran with it and was like, maybe this is real. I mean, when I was very young and very religious, I kind of took... religious? Yeah, that shocks people. I was very, I was devout religious man. Wow, this is this is a new side of Brett. I never. I was a Bible thumping religious. Hey, here, here, here's your here's your teen uh, cutting moment. Go. Yeah, I yeah. See, I was never a cutter. I was uh, if you. No, I believe, mean, but like from last episode. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But this is my equivalent to yeah. it. Instead of cutting, I went to the fire and brimstone. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to burn in hell. And it was a very weird transition for me because you know anybody knows me now. I'm an atheist and I'm a skeptic. Like I believe in nothing. <laughs> um... And uh, yeah, the facts, right? Not the truth, the facts. <laughs> I like empirical evidence. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> um, and it's not like I'm not the typical because I hate atheists too. I think atheists are some of the biggest douchebags on the planet because they always bitch about having religion shoved in their face. Yet every time somebody on Facebook, all the not all the atheists, but a lot of the atheists I know, they'll see somebody post religion and they've got to post some asshole douchebag thing about why it's retarded. And it's like motherfucker, you just did the exact same thing you claim to hate. But anyway, <laughs> so I generally just don't give a fuck. As long as they're not pushing my, their views on me, I'm not going to be like, fuck you for religion. I'm going to be like, whatever, have fun, man. As long as you're not hurting anyone, who cares? Anyway, that wasn't how I was when I was religious, though. <laughs> when you were religious, you were very... Bible-thumping, douchebag, cock-sucking asshole. Like, like the one that's just like, well, the Bible says like your final answer for everything. Well, I, I've read the Bible twice in my life. Welcome to Burger King, can I take your The Bible! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read the Bible twice in my life. Once as a Christian, once as an atheist. Um, and I don't remember fucking shit out of it. Because <laughs> it's such a big book. Uh, I remember things, but it's like kind of disjointed. But I was very fire, brimstone, um, crazy. And then, I don't know what happened. I think it, a lot of it had to do with my parents. like, And not my mom, because my mom didn't do shit. But it was my stepfather, who was very kind of a dick. He wasn't... I don't want to paint him up as this abusive, horrible guy. He was never physically abusive. Uh, he was more mentally abusive. 
because he would get drunk and kind of like belittle you. And I've heard people say, oh, it's just as bad. No, 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 this is what's wrong with this generation. Stop coddling me. <laughs> it isn't as bad as getting punched in the face. It really isn't. No, because one actually causes uh, disfiguration. It, it, mental harm is only harm if you let it be harm. And I did for a while, but I think that was my defensive mechanism was I saw that's how people were. So fire brimstone god made sense to me. Then I've met some really good. Fr I had some really good friends in like junior high. Uh, Chris Hughes, John Allen, and Isaac Begay. I think um, we were a little circle of friends, and th that's when it started to change. Um, I, about s late sixteen, I started to go. Wait a second. I bet God's not like that at all. And I became a very friendly Christian. I went complete one eighty. I started researching archaeology on Christianity and sort of history, and I was like, there is no hell. Hell was an invention of King, uh, King James. You know, I became that Christian, and then I was a very lovey-dovey hippie Christian. Then I stopped being Christian and became a deist. I was like, I believe in a higher power. I, and then I had a really horrible existential crisis in 17. So it was a very quick turnaround. It was over the course of a year or two. And became very depressed and was like, there is no God and life's terrible. To, or just carbon forms. Right. And then I became, well, I'm an atheist, but there's no reason you can't live life to its fullest. Yeah. <laughs> I became a very optimistic atheist. Actually, lately my mom's been like, why don't you go to church anymore? I was like, I, I just, I don't want to, mom. <laughs> She's like, well, I pray for you. I'm like, you can pray for me. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go over here for a little bit. I come back, maybe. Just don't like, just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, it's why I hate a lot of atheists because they're very forceful about atheism. It's like, why? People got to make that journey for themselves, man. <laughs> it's a hard journey. That existential crisis shit was hard. It was hard for me to go. There is no God. It was very hard. Um, after a while, then it was very natural. My mom. Didn't do quite the same thing. She was more like, uh, she kind of playfully toyed with me, where she was just like, uh, you don't have faith in anything. And she was just trolling. <laughs> like, that's what she does. Because, you know, my mom, I think, my mom's very much like what I became as a kind of happy Christian. She's very much like, she doesn't really believe in hell. She believes in distance from God, I think. Uh, well, we went from politics to religion. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, we, okay, what is it, three things you're not supposed to talk about? Politics, religion, and money? We've talked about all of them. And Miley Cyrus's vagina, but she's legal. She is legal now. She's 19 and apparently likes uh, giant penis cock, cock cake. Right. And weed. Which yeah. makes her kind of badass, yeah. actually. There's a picture of her with knives over a, a giant black cock <laughs> penis. Dude, if that's what she's into, we're screwed. I Yeah. I my I don't know about your penis, but I can't hold up to a, man, a black man's cock. No, I, I can't either, but I can... I, I can finger like a madman. <laughs> uh, she's probably into that, too. Well, I'm well, into oral, well, so. any, well, any G-spot uh, stimulation can get anybody. Well, when you're people like us, when you've kind of grown up more on the nerdy side of things, you, you go, well, it's tongue or bust. <laughs> you learn to use it and... <laughs> Miley Cyrus, if you happen to listen to this, we were just kidding about the stanky thing. I mean, yeah. Andrew didn't say anything, so he's already in your good graces. Yeah, I'm the one who's like, you might be stinky. Hey, I'm willing to play with your G-spot if you want it. Sorry, Melanie. What? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> are you grounded? Oh, I, always. Always. Yeah. Fair enough. Wow, we got a good hour out of this, and there's yeah. really nothing to edit. No. <laughs> Thank uh, God I can just upload it. <laughs> yeah, just upload it, maybe some music. Yeah, I'm going to no, change the music even. every week. Okay, uh, so, not, so what are we changing it to now, this time? Right, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of just plowing through the royalty-free stuff, because I'm, you know, fuck Sopa. But I actually, fuck legitimately, Sopa. I don't want to, from just an artist standpoint, I don't want to use somebody else's music, because I feel bad for the group. I'm like, you didn't are getting paid for this. <laughs> well, I mean, I have some music from a band that will probably let us use it, and cool. they're like, yeah. 
So we I should might. ask somebody to write us a theme song for EgoCast. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, you know what we should do? We should have uh, Thomas come in and just say, this is EgoCast with these people. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy, yeah, we were, I auditioned. He's directing a play here in F-Town. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it because he's, he's one of the brightest theater minds I've ever met. He, he really is. I'm yeah, not, ne- not next to Chuck Ramsey, God rest his soul. Yes. He is one of the best. Uh, I would go out on a limb and say it's a toss-up at this point between he and Debbie Doggett <coughs> here in town in terms of who's just the brightest theater mind. I'm not going to name names for a few people who think they are but aren't. Um, Debbie and Chuck, uh, Ch- Ch- Chuck Ramsey, I didn't mean to say that, um, but he was. But uh, uh, Debbie and Tom LaRue, they just... They fucking know theater, and they're so good at it. I love it. And there's others that I'm not including, mostly because I'm not as versed with them. I don't know them as well, but they're also good. And there's a lot of people who are just good at a lot of parts of theater, but in terms of just the brightest, knows every element of theater minds, Tom and Debbie. Tom, Debbie, I'll, I'll, I'll say the ones that I know. Tom, Debbie, Chuck, and Tom Duke, even though Chuck and Tom Duke are unfortunately uh, Left us in this world. And I, I barely knew Tom Duke. I, I did one play with him. Uh, oh. Picasso of Lipina Gilles. Fucking hilarious guy. He and I could never agree on politics, unfortunately, because he was very liberal. <laughs> He's very liberal. He, I agreed with him a lot. Um, well, there were things we would agree on, like gay marriage, done. Legalization of marijuana, done. <laughs> you know? Tom Duke was, he was almost like my theater dad. He, w- he was He was everyone's theater yeah, dad. Yeah, he was. Uh, he knew me a lot less, and, and he was less that more of like, hey, buddy, with me. Because so he was like your theater uncle. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. So I didn't have as much of an emotional connection. I wasn't like a lot of people when he passed that were like, oh, my God. You know, and I don't want to take anything away. If you're going to feel emotional, that's yeah, great. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I hate that hipster mentality. Uh, speaking of Mr. Z and his wife, they were very like, you guys don't have a right to feel sympathy or whatever. Yeah, they do. Anyone who knew him had it, even one conversation with him or less because he was a very infectious guy. He gets to do that. I didn't know him very well, and I have a tendency to kind of – I can be kind of neutral to that. That's not to say that I was happy. I was, it was kind of crushed me. I was like, oh, man, what a nice guy to, I was, to lose. I, was, I, was, I mean, I knew him. And, cause he's he's, you knew him more than I knew I him did. more than you, but I didn't know him as much as, say, the other people that were like, if they felt like they right. felt like they got hit by a ton of bricks. Right. But me and him, like, he, he seemed like a genuine person that was very kind to people and would sit down and, like, hey, can you read this? No problem. Oh, yeah, he, my was, pleasure. he was a good theater mind. I mean, he was... For some people, he was he was a pretty hard ass director at times. He could be, not always though. But then you need that for for theater, because depending theater. on your cast, yeah. Um, I've never been that because I'm more of the uh, I'm the actor's director, as it were, because I'm the guy who's like, let's develop characters, let's spend time on this. I don't, uh, with the exception of a few ex girlfriends and some other people, I rarely get in a fight with people on set stage. She doesn't. Okay. But continue. I'm listening. I'm probably just gonna mouth off and check stuff on the internet while you pee. This is gonna be the the in the middle stuff as I open up Facebook and see that a man's firing an AK-47 on my feed. That's amazing. I wish I could hear Gomez pee from here. Oh, yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That sound makes me laugh. Check my... Ow, I hurt my elbow as I crash audacity trying to do other things. Um, Where did you go, Melanie? We haven't tucked into the brownies yet, I'm sorry. Me? Yeah. I'm gonna eat some brownies here in a little bit though. Cool. Um I don't eat any yet. I ate too many pizza rolls last night, so I'm not feeling great. Gomez has opened the door. I think he's about to come back in. Adam Houghton. Adam Houghton. 
He's actually pretty cool, too. Yeah, I used to hang out with him. He was a fun guy. Uh, we had some similar interests. I actually played uh, the same MMO for a while there. We never grouped together or anything, but we play, both played Dark Age of Camelot, which <laughs> just shows kind of the nerd I am. Unfortunately, or fortunately for him, you wouldn't know that he does that kind of stuff. I didn't know. I mean, I thought he was like... I mean, he was cool, but I kind of got that, that prep vibe from him. Yeah, and he had a very interesting... Like, he played a little bit of Warhammer, too, which is something I was really into. I haven't in a while because it's an expensive that's some, hobby. That's some depth right there. <laughs> but uh, that guy, yeah, he... I love Adam. I love that whole family. I didn't really know Madison or... Um, I know there's another one that I'm missing because I, I bad. I met Mackenzie, I knew Adam, and then I met Lisa, and that's about it. And her hey, husband. But, I never met the husband, though. Well, we had a cast party uh, after those plays, and we all, all just did it at the, the Houghton's house because they had a nice big house. Um, and I got there early, which is kind of something I never do. I'm not an early party guy because I hate being the first guy there, but it was different. I walked in, and they were like, Brit, cool, because um, everyone else in theater is the same way about parties. They're just like, whatever, we'll show up at some point. <laughs> Actually, I went to, um, was it after Dear Brutus? Yes, because it was with, um, what's his name? We went to his house. Uh, uh, what's he do? <laughs> I'm trying to remember his character. God, I don't remember. I, I gotta look him up real quick. But we went to his house, and um, he, we had a really good time. And that's the time, it <laughs> me and Chuck Holmes kissed. That's hot. Like I'm not make out, but he was just like, he put his lips out, and I we reciprocated. Chuck Holmes is like the entrepreneur of theater. I he, would he, say he's kind of like the one that has really he has big dreams for theater in Farmington. Which I respect, but I re- it's like, people in Farmington don't like theater, <laughs> unfortunately. No, as long as they know about it. I mean, if they know... If it's, it's more modern or something that's easily relatable, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's when we we, 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 we kid. We didn't lip lock, we just kissed, and he left. It was like a goodbye kiss. It was pretty funny. I'm going to issue a real quick apology to Mr. Z and his wife. I don't want to be as angry as I was. I'm still resentful about what they, they did. But just if you guys listen to this for whatever reason, Nick's right, we need catharsis. Here's my apology for everything I said in this episode, but the chick you went to Texas, I don't like her. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, everyone in the world does. Actually, you know, I didn't have a bad re- like relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we never. I didn't either. I never had a conversation with her. <laughs> well, I, I did. I mean, I had to drive her home because she was drunk during one of the cast parties, right. but that was about it. Um, still bipolar again. bipolarity, which is oh, uh, I'm not going to cut that because um, I haven't named her, uh, is not an excuse for lying about people. <laughs> Uh, she may have said some bad things. I haven't heard about him yet, and I uh, no at this like point, George's wife thought I hated her because uh, of her. Oh, it was her. That was because of it was a little bit, but it was because that's what she was basically based uh, painting. Her. Yeah. Okay. Which so. don't if you're gonna be influenced by anybody, don't be influenced by that chick. Be influenced Rule. by Amy Thomas. George's wife is a nice person. She's very very fun and very funny. Still, I still have not have never had a conversation with I haven't her. had big conversations because I again I think she's more like you know we're, we're not the kind of we're not compatible as friends basically okay makes sense there's an age difference and and I don't difference and yeah uh, I think like George and I get along because uh, we have <laughs> he, he can lower himself to my level <laughs> uh, also George is you know the nicest before, guy he's the, world. the epitome of nice um, anybody who hates George just come over here so I can beat the living fuck out of you I mean, yeah. I don't know. We have a weird community in theater here. We do. And it's kind of sad where it's gone. I think it could do much better if we... Did more modern plays. Like, that's when I was excited, Tom LaRue, because he's doing An Evening of Culture, which isn't a super known play, but it's a play that's about a known subject. But it's it's, it's not 80 plus years old. 
right, and it's a play that's recognizably funny. Like, it's got comedy that anyone in this town, especially this town, could actually laugh at. And I don't know, like, he, he's a good choice as director. He actually, as far as I'm concerned, should be running TEA. Um, Why isn't he? I don't know. Um, if I had the money, if I were wealthy, like, if we made it, blah, 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 I'd buy TEA and disband their board. I'd just start I would bar. keep people like Leela Holmes and stuff because they put so much into it, but I would just spend their board, yeah, and sure. it would become a very private thing, and it would be two big plays a year that are like professionally acted because they can't afford that right now, but if I was rich, that's what I would do. I'd turn it into an equity house, basically, and then the rule would be, sorry, modern plays only, contemporary, all contemporary. The problem is around here is the whole... And probably comedy. Because melodramas just don't do it well here. They don't. Well, because people are... are and it, it comes from high school. Yeah. Because whenever you're in a play, you have to sit down and shut up and listen. Right. Hi, Mom. Hi. And, um... Don't acknowledge me. I'm not in the show. <laughs> and when you do melodramas, they encourage you, Hey, boo, hiss, laugh, fart, right. whatever. But that wasn't really fostered around here because we didn't have the structure around here to handle something like that. And I think in a lot of ways, too... Um, Comedy is just instantly appealing. People don't want to go to the theater in this area. If you're not, if it's not a theater-going city, people don't want to go to see. Sad as it is to say, Shakespeare unless it's done by professionals. Um, and people don't. They only want to see comedy because that's why you go to see stage. If I want to see a drama, I'll go watch a movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd go down to like some place in. I was going to name a street, but I don't even know what street. But I just go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, theater actually requires it's kind of a chore for people. And when these plays are three hours, I really like. Oh man! And when they're disjointed, you know, Teabag directed a three-hour fucking play recently, and it was not recently; it was actually a year or so ago. But it was fucking boring. I know that motherfucker doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't care if he does, but this would actually be a true test. Bad mouth everyone we know to see who listens to the podcast. And then we'd just be like, alright, are they gonna hit me now? Bridges burned. <laughs> I don't want to burn bridges. Like, And I, I feel bad I'm talking about the best theater minds and it's like, I love people like Chuck and Michelle Holmes. Um, but their, their involvement in theater is very different and where they're good is very different. You know, It's not quite as broad, but they also have a passion for it that's admirable and I love it. Yes. Um, Chuck's fun. I, I, he's gonna be in one of my short films called Malediction that'll be fun I still need to direct him in something yeah I like working with him because he's easy to work with and he's gonna show up and give it his yeah. best on time on time yes men's very punctual the only time he hasn't been he, he called before his arrival time to tell me I'm not gonna be there on time <laughs> so it's like oh so you're responsible too I get it um but yeah um I wouldn't mind starting my own theater company I but mean, that would be fun this what would be like the double wide, uh, you know? I'd call it something else. Like, or really, you would have it as a separate entity. Yeah, it'd be under the double wide hub. Right. Like I was thinking, actually, I was thinking about starting an animation studio. Hmm. And you know, just gonna be me though. But you know, I was, I was thinking about <laughs> calling nobody it. Nobody else can do it. <laughs> I was gonna call it uh, Blue Ink Animation, but there's already a kind of studio called Blue Ink. But I was gonna do something with like ink or something. Yeah, these, in the future, all these studio names are going to get so elaborate because there's all of these names taken. <laughs> yeah. Not a cool image of a logo because it's, it's like... It's like bands, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bad Robot. <laughs> that Bad. sounds like a punk band. <laughs> Bad Robot. Um, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. What are they? Folk? Well, according to no. Zach and Mary, it's it's a gay club. <laughs> 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 I met a guy at DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah, I met a guy at DreamWorks. Good line. <laughs> 
Oh, I need to get that movie, by the way. Zack and Mary. Yeah, even though that's not his best, Kevin Smith's best, it's still pretty good. I like it. Yeah, it's... I think people have a tendency too when it's not when it's not up to the scale of clerks, clerks. or chasing Amy. It's not then good at it's all. not good at all. Yeah, which is what a stupid scale. <laughs> that that's such a it, well, that's an asinine scale. How about it could just be not as good. I agree with that. It's not as good. It's still fun. <laughs> still entertaining. Well, I was watching Clerks the other day, and it's not the most. I think we've talked about this earlier. This podcast. It's not the most inventive film ever. It doesn't no, it push borrowed, the medium and forward. It, it borrows some style choices from other movies. Yeah, <laughs> but he's admitted that. That's okay. That's how the medium's progressed. <laughs> Is imitation and then slight evolution. I talked about Blizzard before we started recording. The game developer. That's how they make games. Is they take good ideas and or ideas that almost worked, make them better, cut all the fat out, and they've got a solid game. And then. Polish the shit out of it. Yeah, until, there's nothing wrong with until that. Until you can see, like, everything. Yeah, where the bugs aren't there anymore. Or the bugs, and, and they're one of, they were one of the first companies before the MMO ra- uh, rage took over, one of the first companies to actually release bug fixes laid into a game's existence. You know, a lot of companies are like, it's out, bye. <laughs> oh, there's a fix here. Yeah, it, and maybe the fix that creates other problems. <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like Battlefield 3 when it first came out. Oh, there's so a buggy. lot of people who were pissed off. About. That's Electronic Arts, isn't it? Mm-hmm. God. And they still have server problems, which is a pain in the ass. I was shocked Activision Blizzard didn't support SOPA. But Electronic well, Arts Well, they did. did. And then they were like, oh, no, no. Electronic Arts was very vocal about it. About supporting supporting so, it? Yeah, Electronic Arts. They were, Arts, and then they pulled out. Everyone whenever, did, because whenever, they were like, oh, this will affect sales. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, because uh, GoDaddy got raped. Hey, we're talking about SOPA now. Yeah, GoDaddy uh, was a big supporter of SOPA. And then, and then never mind. <laughs> and, then, and then people were like, you support SOPA? I'm going to go over this guy. They may charge me an extra dollar, but I know that I can still use it in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary when webs when web hosts we, we, we're gonna agree with so SOPA because ultimately SOPA you would just need to know IP and URL addresses to get around DNS blocking. Yeah, um, which there's someone that actually made a uh, extension for Firefox that just goes around that. Yeah, which I was oh, like, yeah. that's hilarious. I, I use Google Chrome and Google is a big anti-SOPA <laughs> group, and they would have been like, Google Chrome is now SOPA proof. <laughs> that you know they would have. <laughs> they would have definitely. Which that is the dumbest law that they ever try to pass. And I think as much as we like to say that, oh, yeah, Congress is so stupid for doing this, I think they did it on purpose to see yeah. what, how far they can push us. I think part of it, there was some level of good intentions there, but the reality was they were also in the pocketbook of a lot of organizations. It's funny because we're trying to break into movies, but we're effectively bad-mouthing Hollywood, yes. too. Because the Screen Actors Guild, the Directors Guild, the Writers Guild, pretty uh, much every Hollywood company. Yeah, mo- the, the Motion Picture Association. You know, you were, that was, actors and actresses were very silent during this because they're in unions that they can't talk about it. And I'm not a big supporter of the Hollywood unions. Whatever people might feel about other unions, I won't bring it up because that's a pretty hot button issue. Um, those unions are retarded. And yes. they are actually contrary to what a union is supposed to represent because it make they make the entry... the, the Entry is a lot harder because of them, because they have a monopoly on it. They make it like, we want everyone to act. Well, no, you don't. You want your people to act. That's different. <laughs> and t- on top of that, if you want to use a union ac- actor, you have to pay the union wages and all that shit. Yeah. And, and if you don't do it right, you've got to make everybody a union actor. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, there's so many archaic, ridiculous laws. I hate SAG. <laughs> That's one thing. Well, the thing is, uh, the Hollywood Hollywood now is is still trapped in like the late 70s mode yes 
particularly after the major uh, heads of the studio sold the, comp- the the studios to corporations and stuff. Well, it's a weird argument they have too, where they're like, "Hey, uh, anytime you make an argument against SAG or any of those, they instantly go to uh, oh fuck, um, black uh, the blacklist." Uh, McCarthy. No, oh, yeah. They McCarthy. instantly go to McCarthy. And it's like, that's not an argument. That's just pointing okay. out something that. A, he was an asshole. B, in spite of the way. His methods were terrible. But actually, he was right. You guys were communists, still are. <laughs> like, sorry, you've proven it. But that said, though, what he did was terrible. C, that was a long time ago. Get over it. This, has, this is not a good argument for SAG. Sorry. But McCarthy. But McCarthy's God. dead, dude. Remember the Hollywood Ten? Okay. <laughs> like, no one's blacklisting you anymore. Actually, the reverse is true. There are screenwriters who were not big-name screenwriters who came out as being conservative. Blacklisted. <laughs> Ironic, don't you think? <laughs> that bothers me. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't agree with them, but I don't, I don't... Fucking, who cares? Well, they just need to be redone, but since they're not... I don't know... I th- there's so, there's there's, so many problems. It, they're so top heavy at this point as part of the problem. It's hard to undo top heavy institutions. Case in point, federal government and corporatism. I'm a capitalist, but everyone's like, oh, you like corporations? No, I like no, small business. I like small business. You're thinking of, say it? Crony capitalism, which is actually mercantilism. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what was that word? Yeah. Um, oh, we can't fucking avoid politics, can we? Well, it's not what we're talking about, you know, Democrats versus Republicans versus they're aliens. Both, yeah. That I'd see. Well, we did That'd Mars be a good Attacks. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> when the Martians destroyed all of Congress. Yes. I was like, okay, I understood the Martian threat was bad up until this point. Um, thank you? <laughs> Why is the old lady sitting there going, they killed Congress? <laughs> and I was like, that's the best I line in the entire movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it's such a guilty pleasure movie. But it fits. It was well done for what it's trying to do. But yes. Well, uh, we're gone for an hour and 20 minutes. That's a good, good length. Yeah. Less editing. Less editing, yeah. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> really, the only one who made controversial statements was me, and those controversial statements were completely centered around people that only like we know, that yeah. listeners might not know. When we so, use nicknames and And so I might be dealing with some flack from individuals, but it's like that's never happened before. <laughs> You're used to it. I am Tough used skin. to it. I fucking get into fights with so many people. <laughs> I was—I mentioned that I was kind of bummed the other day. I was like, you know, it's odd. I have a lot of friends, but I have a lot of people who fucking actively dislike me. Like they make it a point of letting me know they hate my guts, and I'm like, and they're good people too. I'm like, what the fuck, man? There was a fallout after the Mr. Z and his wife shit, where uh, I guess they went on a shit talking spree because there was a lot of people that like good people that I won't name because I thought I because they hate me. I don't think they'd appreciate me naming them, but I wish I was friends with them. They're nice guys. Um, one guy in particular who looks kind of like Harry Potter, actually. Um, <laughs> Really good guy, uh, recently a dad, actually. Uh, and I was depressed to find out he hated my guts. I was like, oh. Do you know what, is he the one that works at Target? I don't know if he works at Target, actually. <laughs> I thought he did something else, but... Um, Covering my hand with a microphone? <laughs> um, I'll tell you after we're done okay. recording. <laughs> uh, and then, like, their last roommate, he also hates my guts. Which, I, I mean, I don't really... I didn't know the guy that well, so I don't really care that much about him, but... Depressing. So let's, you know. Want to wrap it up? Yeah, because I'm getting kind of hungry, actually. (laughs) Well, that was a good episode. Yeah, we actually talked about shit. Yeah. Well, we talked about shit last time, too. 
Well, we just talk about shit, shit. We talk about interesting shit. More interesting shit. Nostradamus. Nostradamus and Miley Cyrus' badge. Miley Cyrus the badge. Or badge. has a badge. She has a badge. It'd be really sad if she had a penis. I mean, it's all relative, right? Does it really matter anymore? <laughs> I guess not. Candy canes, man. You can play candy canes. Or fish hooks. Ah. Ah. People can't see what I did there. It's like, you know, imagine a fish hook in a fish's mouth. That's... Imagine a fish hook in a human's mouth. Ooh, but it's a penis instead of a fish hook. Um, cool. cool. That's a fun thing to end. <laughs> yeah, that's fish hooking. Fish hooking. Might be the name of the episode. Fish hooking. Fish hooking. Fish hooking and Mr. Z. <laughs> Mr. Z's fish hooking. I like that. Fish hooking and Mr. Z. Cool. Fucking around with Mr. Z and driving Miss Dolly. Miss. We have like 18, just 20 minutes of us coming up with titles. <laughs> titles. This is the most annoying episode ever. Why are they just talking about titles? I want to hear more about Miley Cyrus's penis. Yeah. I would like to hear more about that, too. If she has one. If she has one. <laughs> We're not saying she does. Because well, that's oh, libel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's <laughs> pictures on the internet of her with the, with the cake cock. So she does have a penis, as it were. <laughs> well, she's dating some dude named Liam, and I don't know. I think it's the dude that's playing Spartacus now. The new Spartacus. She's that guy? I think. I'm not sure. I don't want to... don't seem like a good couple. <laughs> No, it seems like a, re- yeah. a really awkward relationship. I don't know. Very well awkward. But anyways, I want a smaller badge. This is EgoCast. I'm Andrew Gomez. And I'm pretty much Burt Ward. And we will see you another time. Maybe. Oh, I blow Andrew off for another week. <laughs>
these are the jokes. 